As we said, Dennis is going to be speaking on steps 8 and 9. Those are made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all and made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. So, Dennis, we're going to give you our attention and hear what you have to say. I'm Dennis, and I'm an alcoholic. Before I start, if we join me in the serenity prayer, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. Okay, I'm supposed to talk about steps 10 and 11. No, eight and nine. <laughs> uh, we're off to a good start already. <laughs> okay. When I first came here, and I was taken through the steps, in order to get to these steps, I had to go through steps one through seven. And what that did is that rejuvenated my memory as to where I came from and what happened and why I needed to make amends. Uh, a lot of things in step four and step five which led to six and seven. Uh, as far as thinking about making amends I did that for a while. made a list okay all right and I did that of the people that uh, I thought that I had stepped on their toes or done whatever damage I may have done to them which of course family was was simple uh, they were I saw them every day so I sort of made a living amends just by coming in here changing my behavior no longer uh, being self-driven by then this program had started to sink in because steps starting with step four <coughs> Those are action steps. And uh, so what led up to step eight were all the action steps that I had done beforehand. And uh, I had written a lot of things down. A lot of people I had residual damage along the way. And uh, again, the actual uh, amends to immediate family and and the people around me—they were—they uh, weren't easy, but they were simple. And you know, they could see the change in me. I was a complete mess when I got here. 
by the time I got to step eight, my mind was clear enough to uh, to start considering eight, nine, and ten, eleven, and twelve. Uh, Other than that, along the way, I didn't search out people specifically that I felt I had wronged. But what happened was, God would present situations to me where these people would be right in front of me, and I would make amends, and half of them didn't even know what I was talking about, so that was a good thing. But... Uh, I know what I did and I knew what I had to clean up my side of the street in order to move on with steps 10, 11, and 12. Uh, there's not a whole lot of story that really goes be behind this. It was, again, I had you know, I'll probably never be like sane, you know, but but I, I was sane enough to to uh, bung, bungle my way through those two steps. As far as uh, some people had passed away uh, and earlier when I came here, you know, I thought it was everybody else's fault and because my ego was what ran my life and the strangest thing is is I didn't realize that that was going on but I, I was a very self-centered person I was in a very self-centered business you know I was in the dream business you know we're gonna be a rock star business you know that kind of stuff but uh, when I came here, uh, it was quite an adjustment for me. I had to uh, rethink the whole situation. Or as my ex-girlfriend said as we were breaking up, just when you had all the answers, they changed all the questions. And uh, that was true. Because I, I, could, I could not even believe what I saw when I came here. It was so foreign to me. And because uh, <clears throat> I lived my life, if there was an antithesis, is that the right word? $50 word of this, that's the way I lived. I lived like the anti steps. And uh, it was my way or the highway. And you know, I'd get to talking. And, I'd wake up the next morning, I stove my finger from hammering it on the table, you know, making my point with people. Because I knew I was right and they were wrong. And I was really mistaken when I thought that I was the most intelligent person in the room. Because, <laughs> you know, after sitting in here for a while and being around folks, I finally understood that, uh, you know, I was probably somewhere along the bottom of the peg, but that's okay. I didn't have to be brilliant to be here. The biggest thing that I learned in here is to show up. 
just by showing up. E even if I woke up in a shitty mood, and there was lots of days, there was early in sobriety, the only time I felt good is while I was in the meeting. As time went on and I started to absorb some of what was going on around me, <clears throat> the fruits of this program started to take a hold. You know, the sponsorship and the home group and the uh, sponsoring people and, and uh, just in general doing the program the best I could. Back at step three, it talked about a higher power. Well, I, God was no stranger to me. <coughs> but how God worked in this program was something I had to learn. For me to turn made a decision to turn my will and my life over to the care of God had a lot to do with the things I could do later on like step 8 and step 9 because I had glimpses of how God works with me in this program and how it applies to this program it was teaching me to be God-centered instead of self-centered and it, again I had a conception of God but I, I I was having trouble adjusting to that fact and I'm probably not the only one in here who has and I know a lot of people use group of drunks uh, good orderly direction and one other one and uh that's the centerpiece for this. When, when the whole thing first started, there was a big to-do about God, because a lot of people were saying, you know, like, leave God out of it. But the fact of the matter is, it doesn't work without God in the picture. So, the meeting last night was over higher power and uh, you could hear the struggles in there from from some of the people and in order to go through the rest of the steps and I'm including eight and nine for me I had to have a higher power and because uh, a, a lot of the thinking in step eight and uh, the list I'm making and stuff like that, and, you know, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, this guy was a total asshole. Why am I doing this, you know? <laughs> but it wasn't about him. It was about me. It was about making sure that I cleaned up my side of the street so that I could move on to step 10, 11, and 12. And, uh, you know, I may repeat myself uh, sometime during this dissertation dissertation I like that yeah why yeah no I knew all them words yeah it's a hundred dollar word yeah <laughs> so 
But these steps repeat themselves. I learned that in the last two weeks. You know, like a moral inventory, character defects, shortcomings. It was explained that Bill was finding different ways of saying the same thing. Which makes sense to me because, and again, I learned that. Oh, okay. Uh, I learned that uh, I also, I've been studying lately a little bit, not, not enough to hurt me any. But Bill was a great speaker, and great speakers can say the same thing, but they change the wording as they're speaking. So to keep getting their point across without people going, oh God, here we go. So this is how the steps went from six steps to 12. I found that out too. Well, I'm getting gooder and gooder, I'll tell you. Yeah. Pretty soon I won't be able to stand myself. But this didn't come overnight. It says for some, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. Well, I was the slowly guy. But one of the things I forget to make a point is, while I was going through the craziness of early sobriety, I had a lot of good days. And I neglected to mention that. That, uh, you know, I, I would keep saying things like, you know, when I first got here, I was a mess and blah, 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 blah. Which it's all true. But I also had a lot of good days not even knowing what to do. Just walking into a meeting and looking around and I'm going, boy, everybody else. In fact, the first meeting I walked in, I'm like, damn, this is just like a bar. Because <laughs> everybody's like, you know, <laughs> what in the hell is this, you know? So then they started doing the readings and I'm like, boy, what do I get myself into here? So <clears throat> a lot of things leading up to that. I had to like, uh, relearn how to live and my first sponsor passed away and I, and I ended up Chuck G is my sponsor and he could see I was struggling in many areas mentally, physically, financially all kinds of stuff and he just said Casey, he said just keep walking buddy, you're going to be fine he said it's all going to turn out fine you're going to get through to the other side and all this stuff will be behind you well, he was right. But at the time, I'm like, is he kidding me or what? How's all this shit going to happen? Well, it did. And uh, then I got remarried, my lovely wife. We've been married 27 years. And, uh, you know, trying to talk her into 27 more. <laughs> See, that would put us like, a, like about 107 apiece. So that'd be about right. So... <laughs> the, the biggest thing about this phase of our development is we will be surprised before we are halfway through and that's what happened I can't tell you the exact day the exact time but all of a sudden 
this stuff started to make a lot of real sense to me. And uh, <clears throat> it, it talks about the promises. They come after step nine. After you make your amends, the promises start coming true, I believe. I'm not sure of that, but I'm pretty sure that I read that someplace or somebody told me that. So I'm going to roll with that because that's what I do. I roll with it. But uh, as you can see, I'm up here like struggling for words and that's okay because you could say all this in two sentences. You know, I, I made my amends and uh, everything's better and on we go. But uh, they hired me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. They are no longer his favorite speaker. I can't talk no more. Anyway, I'm told to, to give you my version of how and why and where this works. And that's what I'm doing. <clears throat> and it says it will restore you to sanity. And it's relatively restored me to sanity. Depending on my spiritual health if you will and uh, I've started to go to a lot more meetings lately because I have a sidekick Dennis now you know I'm his sponsor but we have a lot in common we uh, can carry on a conversation because we're both musicians and uh, you know he likes to make reference to the fact that I used to let him walk to the meetings at the club but he never tells you that I, I would drive him home. <laughs> I said, if you want it, buddy, you got to come and get it, you know. <laughs> well, after a while, he kind of understood that. But uh, today, uh, you know, he's, he's the son I never had. Yeah. But uh, kind of, you know, you know. <laughs> Let's not get too messy here, but but it's living proof. His face is red. It's living proof that the program works. And the best thing you can have is a running person, someone to run with you, someone to just in between meetings and like that. You know, life has moved on. You know, I've worked all of the steps, and eight and nine were very, very important. And even more important than I know at the time because my mind had not fully comprehended everything I was doing at the time because I hadn't been restored to sanity yet, you know. And, uh, <clears throat> I mean, I had the papers to freaking prove it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I didn't mess around. I don't know if I'm ever going to tell that story. You better, you better tell <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, the only one in here that I know of that knows the answer to that question is Kathy knows the answer to that question. So ask her; she'll tell you. No. Anyway, anyway, one one of these days I may I may tell it, I may not. 
I don't know, but I, I can tell you that, I, that sanity was not an option at the time when I ended up in the nut ward. And, and the only people that I really related to was the other nuts. That, that, that's all I can tell you. As far as the counselors and stuff like that, I'm like, oh, yeah, forget it. Anyway, I almost blurted it out, but I'm not going to do it. But nah, nah. Stay tuned. <laughs> anyway, my it had to do with my spiritual experience. It got a little too spiritual for 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 my own good there. <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah, I ain't going there. All right, okay. Yeah, I can be stubborn sometimes. But uh, it was all a part of my growing, and I've grown in AA. I've grown spiritually, mentally. Uh, uh, my body is still holding up. I'm 80 years old, and I can still walk and chew gum, which I'm doing right now. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I can do that too. Yeah, boy. And uh, and. It, if you would have told me that I would be standing here today, I would have been like, eh, I don't think so. When I first came here, I discovered that denial wasn't a river in Egypt. That I was in denial when I got here. And uh, I would sit at the club with my back to the wall next to the coffee pot aimed at the door meeting was over phew, I was gone and uh, <clears throat> all the old men in trench coats in the, the far wall are going to keep coming back yeah yeah okay yeah <laughs> but I learned things in there you know that I retained the myth of perfection was Merle Grotto's favorite saying. They even wrote books about that. And uh, I came in there and I could I could do that stuff with music because you know you can like get it like da, 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 da. my life of course forget it. it the perfection was exactly it was a myth. And uh, I've learned over the years to lower my expectations. And uh, I don't know if this is off topic or not, but I probably went off topic about 10 minutes ago. But I ain't quitting yet. Nah, you can't get rid of me of that. So I can't tell you why this works. I can only tell you how it works which is really, really, really strange to me. I have seen miracles in here that just boggled my mind. And just from sharing our experience, strength, and hope with each other, we come from all walks of life, all stations of life, all, some of us are master's degrees and others of us never finished high school yet we can all sit in the same room 
day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, and become friends amongst ourselves. Uh, uh, if, if you need help, all you have to do is ask. Everybody in here is more than willing to give them themselves as much as they can. But uh, as you can see, my battery's starting to run down. <laughs> but I played music approximately 35 years, five to seven nights a week, four to six hours a night. And there was a special thing there, playing live music. There was like a connection there. When I first came here, that was one of the issues with me, is how was I going to connect? Well, steps eight and nine cemented that connection. Because I had showed that I was willing to go that far to stay sober. I was willing to stand up here and speak of how it affects me many years later. If I wouldn't have come here, I'd have been dead 20 years ago. The uh, situation for me today is uh, I have a program and I have a goal each day we pray in the morning, I pray all day and we pray all night. If I ain't talking to somebody, I find a way to talk to God. God is as real as it gets with me. And he's the reason why I could do the things I've done in AA, which is go through all the steps. The uh, issue is, you can almost reach out and touch God right in these rooms. It is that physical. That's why they tell you group of drunks. So if you don't have a God concept, just say, well, group of drunks, help me. Well, guess what? That's where you're getting help from. So when it applies to AA, you can start there. You can thank him at night. And God speaks through all of us here. And... Uh, I've tormented you enough, so I'm done. <laughs> Thank you, Dennis. So now we have time for questions. If you've got a question for Dennis, go ahead and raise your hand. Thanks, Dennis. My name's Trevor. I'm alcoholic. And I have really enjoyed hearing you talk. I've enjoyed each time I've been here hearing you. And I got a, con a little little thing that they told me uh, when I was new and I, and I wondered if you could comment upon it because I, I found you know something that uh, along with the steps, along with coming to meetings, getting a sponsor, doing all that, all those things, they said uh, newcomer has to learn how to give time time. In other words, give time, give some time for things to work out. And they said the, the newcomer doesn't want to hear that, and I sure didn't want to hear it. But I wondered if you could comment on that, giving time time. Well, 
when I came here, that was an issue with me. Uh, you know, I wanted 20 years right now. And it doesn't work that way. It didn't take me uh, 20 years to get in the state I was in when I got here. And when I talk to new people today, I try to soften that blow because even though time takes time, <laughs> even though time takes time, on a daily basis, you're still getting well. You're still going through all the garbage in your head and the whole nine yards, but you're getting well. Slowly. And uh, learning to live in the present tense without walking around with all the past and dreading the future is a part of that. So that's what they're drilling into your head when you come in here. You don't realize they're doing that, but that's what they're doing. They're telling you to live right now. You're not living tomorrow or yesterday. You're living right now. And AA is the best teacher of that in the, in the world. They don't call it the eighth wonder in the world for nothing. Is there any other questions? Don't rush the process. Oh, okay. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Thanks, Dennis. <clears throat> Excuse me. I, I'm Leslie, alcoholic, and thank you for sharing again tonight. You know, the thing that you said tonight that struck me the most was the um, the very realness and immediacy of the God of your understanding. The way you described it was really wonderful, and it sounds kind of like it was a product of a lot of time getting sober and, and batting your head against the wall with the program. And I was wondering, maybe you can tell us a little, how did you get from point A to point now? Because I was told that to say, you know, what's the spiritual side of AA? There ain't no non-spiritual side of AA. I remember hearing that pretty clearly. You know, it's all spiritual. And so I was wondering if you could kind of expand on that or your experience of going from the beginning and res to the point where God seems to be a very real companion, daily uh, con conversant with you. Thanks. Okay. Uh, well, I struggled with... Uh, I struggled with the role of God in my life when I got here. <clears throat> and I started to play music in a church. And I worked on the music all week by myself. And there was a two-way conversation going on in there, and I was all alone. And from where I'm sitting, the other person was gone. And he was actually helping me do this stuff. No, don't do that. You know, and uh, I know that sounds strange, and only musicians would understand that. But uh, that and the spiritual, the spiritual connection with the audience all those years was very real. And uh, so I had a concept of that coming in. But again, I was such a mess that I couldn't, I couldn't tie anything together. But uh, without getting into a lot of my past, which is, you know, it's kind of, it's, 
it's as bad as some and not as bad as others and it's the same as others it's just the way it is I'm a drunk as uh, Buzz would say but uh, I can't tell you the day or the hour I know that I was in here probably six or seven years and and yes time takes time but for myself I needed to have hope in there too and that and that's the same goes for any newcomer that comes in now I mean if they're gonna come in here and be freaking miserable what the hell's the point of staying seriously you know I didn't come in here to get uh, uh, to stay miserable and not drink I mean I might as well just go get drunk so I try and stay as positive I can for new people in the program because they got to see that the program works because if they don't see that the program works they can't see really much of a point of staying here and I see some swinging doors going on here and there you know that's it that's it as Gene used to say don't get too close because it's a swinging door for some and uh, any other questions Thanks, my name's Carolyn, I'm an alcoholic. And thanks, Dennis. And we've heard about your music career and Trevor Googled when it was, um, when you had your final, your final um, concert, which might have been 10 years ago, is that right? What time's about? So, so you were sober a long time when you were um, performing or in, and so what I was wondering, when we get here, I, I heard uh, give your drinking time to AA. How, how did you work that out? How did you get to meetings and continue to do, um, to be a uh, working musician? And, and how was it different for you with that connection on the stage? That's what I really want to hear about. But. Well, the uh, connection on the stage stayed there that we started to, uh, uh, started to play less. We started to lean toward weekends and and things like that and uh, basically I was slowly phasing it out but uh, the love for it you know I'll have till the day I die you put it on and you sit in front of me and hand me a guitar and I don't need to let her rip you know it's just me but uh, in fact Bob was here a few days ago you know He's walking like this, you hand him a guitar and let me tell you, it's, <laughs> he perks up real quick. But, uh, but it's just, it's the, our nature. You know, we're musically inclined and uh, we love people. And uh, the, the, uh, I was asked if I performed any better or worse. Not really, no. It's, it's instinctive and uh, they, the, we have a saying you're only as good as your audience and uh, that applies right till today the, the uh, we did the uh, talent show a few of us guys in the program it was fun we did uh, man of constant sorrow yeah and uh, we were proud of that anyway uh, musically I could go out tomorrow and play again uh, but uh, I won't. <laughs> That's all. Uh oh. 
I'm an, <laughs> I'm an alcoholic. My name's Greg. Greg. Dennis, uh, on another note, uh, so when you went through these two steps, you didn't stop. No. You continued on. Mm -hmm. You weren't told to stop. Just let it happen and moved on. Yeah. It's not like you had to finish them to move on. No. no. So that's basically was my question was, you know, some people say that, you know, they, they, they just want to do them and get them out of the way. It's not getting it out of the way to go to the next step. That's all. I just want to know how you transfer. How you pass that on today with your sponsee, but I still understand that he probably chose not to call you to get the ride there and just chose to ask you why he was there because I was the same way. Well, he, he said I used to drive by him and wave. I don't remember that part. <laughs> I don't remember that part, but I, I probably would have, yeah. It gave him a chance to think. But uh, anyway. <laughs> I went uh, I went uh, right to the last three steps and kept right on going and uh, the basic drift of it all is eventually I incorporated the steps into my life uh, so actually it, it wasn't really easy for me to do this because I just live the steps the best I can and uh, and if there's an issue today I try and address it right away because life is so much better when I do that and uh, again these steps are in order for a reason they've uh, uh, they just they just kind of get in your brain and they start rattling around up there and all of a sudden you know your your noodle's no longer a wet noodle I mean it's like oh okay yeah here we go and uh, yeah I went right through them and uh, it, it was all kind of a blur to me at the time but uh it was sinking in. I mean, I've been here 35 years, so at some point in time, it must have done something to me. And uh, any any other questions? Anyone on Zoom have a question? Hi Dennis. <laughs> so when you were doing eight and nine, did when you were doing four and five with your sponsor, you you did eight and nine with the same person, correct? Yes. Did you guys take notes, or did you have a, a inkling of who and what and where and how and why you were doing the eight and nine steps for those people? Yes. So did he you had me journaling. Oh, he had your journaling, okay. So you had a journal and you referred to your journal. Mm -hmm. And then, like, people showed up that... Did you get people to show up that you didn't really think about, and then all of a sudden... Right, then all of a sudden, there they were. This <laughs> happened, like, four or five times in the last 30 years. 
just all of a sudden in fact the one happened in the mall uh, the one snow we had all of a sudden uh, I'm walking this way he's walking the other way and it stopped and boom there we go and I'm walking away going hmm, that is amazing you know because 30 years to God is a drop in the bucket it's, so it could have been yesterday uh, and uh, basically uh, amends have been made over the years it's just that simple and uh, again it just it just happens uh, number one you get out of touch with a lot of these people too so you, you don't really know where to find them half of them are dead you know and uh, again God just puts it right into focus any other questions Hey Dennis, Jeff, alcoholic. Um, first of all, thank you for the beautiful vocabulary words tonight. <laughs> I love hearing those. Um, on the subject of amends, um, you know, just thinking about my life, you know, there are things that I've done that there is no uh, amend or compensation that can be made. But all that's possible is a sincere, I'm sorry, you know. Um, but there are some things where some kind of compensation is possible. Um, in your experience, does, does the, if the compensation is possible and if, it's, if you just give the person an I'm sorry, um, is it gonna be as effective? And do you have any ideas about figuring out how to make compensation? Because oftentimes I've felt just saying I'm sorry isn't enough, but I don't know what else I can do. That's a good question. For me, it doesn't matter how they react. It only matters that A, you're willing to make amends and B, that you've made amends to them. Now, if you stole $10,000 off them, maybe you ought to consider giving it back. But again, the decision would be yours unless you go away in handcuffs for, for that reason. But basically, the amends we make is for our benefit. I mean, it's all well and good if they accept them and the whole nine yards, but that's not always going to be the case. There are times when they're going to tell you, you know, go pound salt. That, that was pretty mild. That, that was pretty good. That, that's growth there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's true. I could have said, like, I have, I have another vocabulary that's really colorful. <laughs> but I, I, I try to leave that, you know, buried in AA but every once in a while little things come out so go pound salt is a good one yeah <laughs> the uh, I know that for me it it helped me a lot to do that you know when I walked away from this guy in the mall I'm like yeah that's cool you know and uh, 
He says, I'll be looking for you up here because we walk here every day and stuff like that, you know. So well, that's good. Yeah. Anybody else? Okay. <laughs> Dennis, I'm an alcoholic. Greg. Uh, on number nine, when it says, except when to do so, it would injure them or others, define how you come to understanding how to process that and make that decision in your amends. Well, as it says in the big book, if you were messing around with the guy's wife, it probably isn't a good idea to go and try and make amends to the guy because, you know, he's liable to shoot you. <laughs> so, <laughs> of course, you know, by coming in here and stopping what you were doing, you kind of made amends. It's kind of like a living amends, you know, just the way you, your life is now as compared to the way your life used to be. And uh, I'll stand on that, you know. Uh, the uh, the uh, idea of uh, hurting people, that would be defeating the purpose of this. So some things are just best left alone. I was only using that as an example. I mean, there's a lot of different ways you can hurt people by opening up a can of worms that needed to be left closed. And uh, when I came in here, this is the way that I had to learn how to do this stuff. And uh, even when you bring up things like that, it reminds me that even though I was a total wreck when I first came here, I was absorbing this stuff and not even knowing it. And down the road, you're like 10, 10 years down the road, and you're like, oh, well, where did I learn that? You know, and, and uh, uh, if, if you're if you're new, big book meetings is probably a good meeting for anybody. And. Uh, that's all I have to say about that. Boy. Any last questions? I'm, I'm Darren. I'm an alcoholic. Darren. Um, sorry to question your question, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I liked how you touched on if you're new to, to uh, go to big book meetings. Can you elaborate more on that? Because it's apparently... My mind's telling me, you know, to stay away from the big book meetings. Okay, here's the deal. If you go in there by yourself, you're not going to absorb it. Like, if you go in there and there's 30 people and they open the floor for comments after they read a certain amount, you're going to learn more from what the other people have to say about it than if you're sitting in the bathroom, you know, going from page to page. It just isn't going to work. But, uh, that's what worked for me anyway and uh, <laughs> sorry <laughs> well it's a library you know anyone else last chance oh.
Kevin's got his hand up again. Question is anonymous amends, anonymous financial amends. Like, you know, some, maybe you misbehaved one night and did something and maybe the place doesn't exist anymore and, um, you know. Well, anonymous financial amends to things that don't exist. That's a good question. Uh, one thing I had out there was cash register honesty. I, I, you know, I wasn't the type that would try and get it over on somebody financially because I never felt a need to, or maybe it's the way I was raised, I don't know, but that's one thing I didn't have to deal with. So I really wouldn't know how that went. But, uh, in my opinion, uh, it probably if you if it's possible, make financial restitution. If not, we're back to is it going to harm anybody? Kind of a deal, you know. If you don't have the money to pay them back, why open that can of worms and bring it to their attention? But if you have the means to do that, definitely pay it back. Or if they've passed away. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know what I would do then. But say that again. AA basket. What about? Oh. Oh. I put money in there anyway. You know, I just I don't understand what he meant. <laughs> I thought that was your favorite. Anyway, okay. Uh, so you're saying put money in the basket? Well, okay. All right. Sounds good to me. Whatever he said. Whatever. He knows what he's talking about. All right. Okay. Anybody else? I think that's it. Thank you, Dennis. Ha <laughs> ha